0: Welcome to Game & Watch with Aaron and James, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we've been watching. I'm Aaron. And I'm James. And today we're talking about The Void, the 2016 horror film written and directed by Steven Kostansky and Jeremy Gillespie.
1: We sure are. I have cut off my face in prep and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to talk. We don't need faces to see where we're going today. We don't. Is the void? Is there another void? You remember how we did the host and then there was like another like Stephanie Meyer, the host, and then there was a couple other host like movies. I feel like there's multiple voids. The void.
0: Yeah. Also, never once said in the film, the abyss is said, but never the void.
1: I I like it. I like that about it. I didn't have it as one of my what works and what doesn't work, but it's I, I appreciate it being called the void. and. The word void never being used. I'm a big fan of when you don't use the title of the movie in the movie. I suppose. I suppose. Can you go either way with it?
0: Well, they never once say or reference Casablanca in the movie Casablanca. <laughs>
1: well, I'm just saying, in general, are you the type of person that enjoys that or not?
0: I, you know, it doesn't really tickle me one way or the other. Okay. Uh, I guess it depends on the film, but you know. Yeah. I mean, they never say the words the twilight saga in any of the twilight-
1: <laughs> well i guess what i'm saying is so i think sometimes when when they do it and it's a very wink wink nudge nudge moment i mean obviously that's very annoying but like don't you don't, don't you think if the last line of rosemary's baby was rosemary's baby you and would be then- so angry about it
0: and this has been the story of Rosemary.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Right. laughs> Even if it wasn't like wink, wink, like nudge, nudge, obvious, but like you love that movie. I know you love it. And if they had ended it like that, you would be you'd be like, I would dock that a whole point. I would dock it a letter grade. Absolutely. That's um, the that's the answer I was hoping to get from you.
0: But yeah, speaking of spooky month, um, I'm very excited because uh, Halloween is coming up, and I will, as I always do, be watching Rosemary's Baby.
1: Awesome. I I don't know if it's gonna be in my rotation. I've I've already I started my, my Halloween watching a little bit early, uh basically like a month early because I was on vacation earlier this month. We're we're coming back from a hiatus. Yeah. We've both been doing things. Um, so but it's good to be back. And yeah, I, I started watching some horror movies probably around like September 20th, and I've been trying to watch as many as I can um without well. Not entirely as many as I can, but I'm hitting them. I'm, I'm the majority of movies I watch are horror movies this month, it's just always the case.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, watch Hocus Pocus the other night, but we can talk about that and what we've been doing. <clears throat> okay, Focus Focus scared the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I hadn't seen Hocus Pocus in so long, and just the unbridled glee of Bette Midler's performance is really something to behold.
1: <laughs> I bet. <laughs> um, but tell me about your history with the Void. Let's um, get back
0: to the chat.
1: I, I am I wrong to think that my my history with this movie is possibly connected to you? I honestly can't remember where I heard of this movie. It was it would have either been from you or someone else. I I, guess, I suppose I could have come across it in like a in a you know the best horror movies that you've never seen type I, I like find those lists so often and when i'm in search of something that's I, I always want to find some kind of horror movie that's under the radar i mean there's nothing with the internet there's like nothing under the radar everyone always is championing something but you know what i mean yeah um i was I, thinking I, yeah of, go ahead no but I, I think i saw it for the first time in like maybe 2018 and i just i i feel like you and i talked about this movie a while back i just don't know if it was in connection with my first time watching it or not
0: yeah i was thinking about this film in regards to horror movies in general uh, and the idea of horror movies that fly under the radar and i think a lot of uh popular horror movies the ones that are very successful do this blend of kind of fun horror and kind of gut-wrenching horror. Um, Think about like the scream films. They're very fun, but they're very, uh, you know, they're slasher flicks. Yeah. Uh, They're very popular in the mainstream. I feel like horror films that delve too far either way, like too far into fun, campy kookiness, don't do well at the box office and kind of get cult followings. But also films like this that are all the way at the other end that are very tense and extreme and... They're fun in their own way, but they're very hardcore. I feel like those yeah.
1: also
0: fly under the radar and not get the popular attention they deserve.
1: Yeah. What, um, but, go ahead. No, I, I, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. remember exactly when I watched this. This might have actually been, I might have watched this for the first time when I started logging what movies I watch on Letterboxd, but I didn't go back and look. But I, my guess is I saw this in around like 2018 and I've, I've since rewatched it, I think probably every year actually. Not always around Halloween, but I find it interesting because I, I would not call this movie one of like my favorite horror movies, but I love a lot of what it does. And it kind of scratches the right itch when I, I would agree with that. Yeah. What? How about you?
0: I, uh, I first heard of this movie by reading articles similar to you, uh, you know, best horror movies that you have never seen, things like that. I think the specific article was just about The Void and specifically about how it was low budgeted and kind of the background of it, but that um, unlike a lot of low budget horror movies, it was actually very, very good. Um, Also, a lot of low, you know, you equate low budget horror movies to kind of laughable sort of, you know, like we were talking about earlier, that kind of campy sensibility. Yeah. Whereas this is a low budget horror film that very much delves into that other end, that kind of gruesome, horrifying aspect. And I also remember uh, reading a lot of comparisons to The Thing in terms of the practical effects, which, you know, ding, 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 that made, made my brain go off. And of I course. So I, I did see it. Um, I rented it off Amazon and incredible. Uh, I was blown away the first time I saw it. I've seen yep. it a couple times since. And yeah, I just I've always had a soft spot for this film. Again, I don't think it reaches, you know, top 10 horror films I've ever seen. But I, I really like it. I think it's a really strong uh, film. And I think also like the thing, it's very stripped down. It's very bare bones. Yes. It's, it's a tight 90 minutes, but boy is it a tight 90 minutes. This movie uh, gripped me and grips me every time I watch it. And yep. when, it, when it's done, it feels like the perfect length. It feels like there was no fat to trim. Uh, and it, it just, I wa- you know I watched this movie twice just in preparation for this. And both times it, it really flew by, um, and it didn't feel like it was too short. It felt really, really perfectly kind of paced and perfectly designed.
1: I love that you said that, and I'll I'll save a lo- some of my related feelings. I, I always try to save some feelings for what what works and what doesn't work, but I always end up just kind of gushing earlier on anyway. But I'll just I'll echo everything you said, and and your comparisons to the thing are very appropriate, and it's one of a couple comparisons that I I will probably try to make during this episode. Uh, but yeah, could could not agree more with that. Um, and, and really, if I'm being honest with myself, I'm, I'm almost certain that I found this by looking at an article of best Lovecraftian horror Uh, films. There's no, I'm sure I found it that way. And it was one that kind of stood out to me. And I saw like Canadian low budget, like set entirely at a hospital. And I was like, that's, that's the kind of thing that's going to creep me out. I can just tell. And I was, yeah, happy to, yeah.
0: I, I think actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I may have found this article uh, or found this film in an article uh, about the Nicholas Cage "Color Out of Space" film. Uh, yes, same. Which is which is also good, uh, very good. I would say this is the superior film to those two, though.
1: I agree. I was talking to my brother about this too. I think he he disagrees. We didn't really get into why, but I'd be curious to find out why. And Tom, who was on our Bloodborne episode, um, I I haven't rewatched "Color Out of Space." I've only seen it the one time. I really liked it, but I yeah, I think this is the one I prefer. Yeah. So, um, tell us how we got here. So this is a Canadian movie, so it's very silly. So they're very uh, polite. Yeah, it's, everyone's very polite. There's a
0: lot of stories.
1: Yeah, now it's a Canadian production, very primarily Canadian cast and crew. The directors had started out making horror comedies, I am not really familiar with any of these guys' other works. I, I, I went on their Wikipedia, or I kind of, I think every time I rewatch this movie, I go on the Wikipedia for those guys, and I'm like, what have they done since, and what did they do before? And I have to remind myself that I'm actually not interested in watching the other stuff they've done. I do it the same thing. doesn't grip me as much. I'm, it's a shame. I wish they would, They. I feel like they could have done more in this genre, this very unique, like, subgenre of horror. I agree.
0: I look them up every time and none of the films that they've come out with since have generated any buzz that I've heard of whatsoever, which seems crazy to me because if you just view this film, um, massively talented director. Yeah.
1: And I I never really, every time I watch, I don't think I've ever looked into the actual inspiration for this movie. So it felt, at least it felt new, like a new thing to hear that the inception of this came from director Jeremy Gillespie was working at Pinewood studios very close to where Guillermo del Toro was working on at the mountains of madness, which is, I've, I have known about that as being a long, long, long gestating, like passion project of Guillermo del Toro's that he's never been able to realize and finish due to various reasons, creative control, studio intervention, all that kind of bullshit that people have to deal with. And I I remember I used to follow that like year to year, just looking up when is that movie going to actually happen and it just seems like it's never going to
0: yeah so have i i am deeply deeply invested in an at the mountains of madness uh adaptation however i think one of the big issues with that this is an aside but i think that's a big story to tackle mm. in one two-hour film uh yes. i think the solution is give it like an hbo max six six episodes
1: I agree. Um, I, I haven't seen this movie, but have you seen? Um, or uh, there's a limited series called oh, "Shit." I'm already forgetting it. It's about the a ship that disappears in the Antarctic or in the in the Arctic Circle. Oh, it's based off a real the story, terror, uh, the terror.
0: Yeah,
1: that that is that had like big vibes from this, from what I could tell, just from the trailers and such. I never got around to watching it, but. I agree with you because if you were to pace a movie, like the book is paced, and this is one of the few Lovecraft like books in full that I've guess I've read start to finish. The, you don't, it doesn't work with the way a movie needs to be paced with rising action and falling action. It just does not work, especially because you can't adapt a whole hour of them describing their gear and. All that fun <laughs> and <fucking robots. laughs> yeah. And all that bullshit that Lovecraft likes to waste time with. Um but anyway, I, I found that to be so fascinating uh, that it was so uh, first of all, I was I didn't even know at the Mounds of Madness what it was even, you know, to the point where it was in a studio doing God knows what I just I not really like never left the script stage or like Guillermo's brain. That's I didn't know I made I it this fun. far. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is we like this movie, but the biggest takeaway here is how excited we are that at the Mounds of Madness made it that far in development. Just
0: give it to us. Give yeah. it to us already.
1: Um, but anyway, uh, Gillespie said he heard that Del Toro said he wanted to do an HP Lovecraft film in a way that hadn't been done before, which had gotten Gillespie thinking about how to do that sort of film on his own.
0: Oh, which, so he stole the
1: idea. Which he stole, he stole the idea. No, Guillermo <laughs> is not, the world. Isn't, I mean, yeah, this this is Lovecrafty and like all over. Um, some I feel like sometimes maybe like I don't I don't know if I want to say like too much on the nose about it, but like at the same time. I mean, there's it's there's cults in this film. There's this kind of idea of like unknowable evil and the the notion of like another universe or dimension. There's symbolic,
0: like malleable in some ways.
1: Yeah, there's like symbology that is like deliberately never explained and let for uh, audience interpretation, which kind of adds to the, you know, you fear the unknown um, type thing. And I I mean, it's all great. I mean, for for the most part, I I think it basically all works and we'll get into that. A little bit more later. Um, the directors had wanted to do practical creature effects. We'll talk about more of that, probably best best talked about when we when we get to those parts in describing the plot. But what I also didn't know, they got some help from some of the effects people working on that god-awful David Ayer Suicide Squad movie, which was filming in Toronto at the time. Release the Ayer cut (laughs) of this movie? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't think so. Let's get David Ayer in here. This movie, unlike that movie, this movie does not need to be fixed uh yeah um but apparently d- the production was difficult i wonder if that might have anything to do with why these guys have not made not tried to make another type of lovecraftian movie um i mean people creatively are can be all over the map they can want to try different things money is always limited there could be so many reasons why there wasn't another attempt at lovecraft i, just, I wish it would happen um but despite that yeah, difficult production but they they mentioned that the crew uh, the cast was really easy to work with and came together at the last second. And the no I really kind of like latched on to the idea that the cast came together at the last second. I think that was a direct quote from one of the directors that I saw on the Wikipedia. The cast of this movie is is interesting. And I don't mean that in the way of like, who do you recognize? Who do you know? Like I only recognize like one actor from this entire cast. And I would say the cast is capable, but in some some moments really nail it i mean i think one character in particular is just sub- sublime <laughs> um in terms of like what what's being asked of them from a horror i'm not saying like the raw acting talent is sublime but like they deliver and then some of what needs to be conveyed for the movie like this but some of the some of the acting is really like not nothing And I wonder if, like, cast coming together the last second means they're like, okay, we need someone to play this guy. I don't, who fucking cares? Just cast this person.
0: Yeah, I could see that. There's one character in particular that I don't even think has a line in the film. Uh, who? Uh, sad son.
1: Oh, you're right. I don't think he, he might, there's like a moment where he confronts his dad. And he might, yeah, have, might say something, but he, or or not. You might be right. I don't think I, I noticed that. I Yeah, I've
0: seen this movie many times, and I don't think that the sun has a line.
1: I'll trust you on that, since you watched it twice to prepare for this episode. Yeah. So, yeah. With the subtitles
0: on, so I think I would have noticed.
1: Oh, yeah. You would have. You must have been playing video games while watching the second time. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I do what I usually do, where is I scroll <laughs> through the, the film
0: as I'm doing my outline parts.
1: Oh, that's smart. Yeah um so this movie was i I don't know it wasn't very like widely reviewed but the the majority of the reviews looked positive to me or at least above average and some critics said it, it didn't really have a plot and didn't make sense and i would argue that that is then they're not really getting what the movie is like the fact that the absence of some of the lore i think is well mostly necessary in order to achieve the effectiveness of the horror, but that could be a debatable thing. And I'd be curious to know what you think of that either now or when we get to what works and doesn't work.
0: Yeah. In general, with the reception, when I looked it up, it had kind of mediocre. uh, It was either kind of mediocre reactions or sublime. People gave it an A plus. I think it's kind of a cilantro thing. I think this is either for you or it's not. And I agree with you. I think people who criticized it for mainly for elements of, you know, um, it being confusing, which I don't understand. No, fairly simple to me, Um, or missing kind of big lore uh, dumps or explanations for things. I, I think that misses the point.
1: Yeah, and it was uh, pretty. I think generally accepted as like a pretty good accomplishment for a low budget '80s horror type vibe here. Maybe not yeah, '80s, like but low budget Cronen- horror.
0: Cronenbergian.
1: Yeah, and a little Carpenter like in a yeah. way, like so. I mean, spoiler alert for what we've been doing recently. I rewatched the thing um, yesterday to, it, and like, kind of to prep for this. It just I will, like wanted to make some comparisons to the thing, but also the thing's like one of the greatest horror movies ever made. So there's, you don't need a reason to watch it other than that.
0: Well, I mean, you need to watch Wilfred Brimley.
1: Well, of course, <laughs> I, I pay more and more attention to him every single time, and I've, I, well, we'll 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 have a thing episode at some point. But when he's sitting in the the hut. And he's like, I want to come out now. He's like, so like sad. He's like, please let me out. I, you don't see him for a long time. And I just wonder if he's the thing at that moment. I think about that every time I watch it now, especially this last time. It's like, is he, is he taken over by that point? Because I'm convinced I'd let him out.
0: I mean, that's why the thing is a masterpiece because you can watch it a million times and you can re-figure out and try and dissect who's the thing. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's one of the, Yeah, the movie is sublime. We're going to do the thing.
1: Is it a masterpiece or is it a limping dog carried to the finish line by Wilford Brimley? Uh, No. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. It's a masterpiece.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) That said, Oscars, where were you at with Wilford Brimley? I know. And now he's dead. And now he's dead. Now you can't.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Tell us about this film. What else is there to say before we get into it? Nothing? Probably not um Um, we we can hop right in am i missing something do we talk about something usually before probably not i think we're ready i
0: i I mean i we could talk about the cast and the characters but we'll talk about that as the plot goes through also like you said the cast i didn't recognize anyone from this um there were some standout performances but even i would say the most standout performance in this i i have i don't think i've seen anywhere else
1: i i've i mean certainly not the best actor in the movie but the the one actor i recognize like from one other movie. She is uh, not, yeah, not the best part about this movie. She just doesn't really do a whole lot, but anyway. Um, So we we start the opening of the movie. There is this farmhouse. The camera takes us kind of through the farmhouse. We see a dead body very quickly and we see a triangle symbol on the door. We'll see triangles a lot in this movie, either kind of like outlined in red or filled in deep in black. Very also,
0: um, no explanation given necessarily for the triangles beyond they're a symbol for this cult and for exactly on. And I think it works. Uh, We don't need to know what it's a symbol of. We don't need to know what um, it means. I think left unknown is better.
1: Agreed. And there is immediate tension set by these. Well, from our very uh, newborn perspectives here, uh, very seemingly innocent people that being chased out of a house and, and one of which she is shot to death in cold blood by two people vincent and simon you have nicknames for them i'd imagine
0: uh yeah bad dad (laughs) you said sad or no mad mad dad mad Mad dad dad.
1: Dad. yeah he is and then if you really need to know anything more about beyond those characters the entire movie uh there's nothing else to say he is a mad dad and he is a sad son (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: about it
1: but automatically it is like within 10 seconds really there is just real holy shit what's happening energy which i love i i like being thrown in like that um, it was
0: such a jarring violent introduction. yeah
1: and and so one of these men the, the guy who gets away his name is james we'll see him later he successfully gets away but he's hit by a gunshot wound as he does so um you know the killer's comment on how we won't get far and they set after they set off after him and but only after burning the still alive but shot woman um yeah we're Which gonna, is really fucked up. Yeah, we're going
0: to have some conversations later in the plot about James and about that woman. Because did they do anything wrong?
1: Uh, I'm glad you, you're bringing this up. And and we can even, well, maybe when we get a little bit more context, we should talk about that. Because I guess my, my short answer is, like, I don't think they did anything wrong. But I have a theory
0: why they want them dead. But we'll get to that later.
1: I think we probably are thinking the same thing about that. Yeah. 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 So immediately it cuts to this figure seemingly watching all of these things transpire. It's not immediately clear, but I think it's a good assumption. Uh, This the figure in a white robe and a black triangle symbol over the face. I would say that these white, when you say white robe and cult, obviously everyone thinks KKK. I don't think that if there was any similarity that they were deliberate, I don't think the robes are very KKK like other than being white. So if you're thinking, Oh, I wonder about, you know, if it's a reference to the KKK, I would say probably not. But no. I mean, evil people in white robes. I mean, I guess you can't really go wrong with that comparison. You're not wrong about it, but doubt it well, was intentional.
0: Also, the white coloring. I get that that's a commonality with the KKK, but the white colored robes popping against the blackness of the forest or the other areas where these people kind of come out from. uh Shep's kiss. Also, yeah. So, yeah, when yeah, the, they're in the hospital the, later and boom. they're close are sort of saturated in that red emergency light oh my god it's just, yes
1: yeah. amazing yeah be, being able to like again like some of these like frames they're they're, they're dark and it's like it's a it's dark forest white figure dark triangle on their face and it's right. so it's it's so well done anyway so it cuts to the credits we see a lot more of those guys later we'll get into that and but yeah very cool i just love that immediately you're just like holy shit what's going on and then like it doesn't take many, you know, years of watching horror movies to like see that like white robe figure. And you're like, oh, we got cults now.
0: Yes, <laughs> yeah.
1: we're on our way. I mean, if you're if you went in this movie hoping for something Lovecraftian, this is a very good start oh, to yeah. the movie. Um, Good credits. You know, there's I mean, it's kind of basic, but there's like I like the fonts and the, the text of the the flickering of the title card. I think it's
0: yeah, just no, a little, it's- little
1: flourish that I like.
0: Um, Did you notice the 27 production companies? No, there's so many production companies that are listed. And I imagine oh, wow. it's a lower budget film and they got a little bit of money from each one or they're all low budget production companies. But I just felt like the production company credits just kept going. <laughs> I also, I paid you, attention. you notice that there, that a production has too many too many cooks in the kitchen where when they list executive producers, there's like 27 people.
1: Oh, that is true. That I did notice. Yeah. yeah. So we cut to deputy sheriff, Daniel Carter, I'll just call him Daniel, he, who is kind of lazily sitting in his patrol car, and he stumbles across James, who is, you know, he was just shot. He's crawling on the ground on the road. So he takes James to the nearest hospital, Marsh County Memorial Hospital. Let's talk about this hospital really quick, because no matter how many times I watch this, I feel like I miss and I don't watch it with subtitles. Maybe I should. I miss a line that just explains in like one concise line why the hospital is basically like run down and no one's working there. The uh, There was a fire. Okay. There was a fire. Yeah. All right. Oh, they say that at the end of the movie. I'm always yeah. like looking for it at the beginning, but you're right. Okay. All right. never.
0: No, mind. but they, they do say it at the beginning.
1: They well, say they
0: he tells, the dispatcher tells him that he can go 20 minutes further to a different hospital that's fully up and operational. But Marsh Hospital, because she says because of mm. that fire, um, is operating at a very limited capacity.
1: Oh, okay. At least I like that they're they're explaining it. Yeah, I, you know, rather than have it be unrealistically, like, why are there only two people at this hospital?
0: And then why is there a hallway of just derelict, collapsed hospital parts? <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Um, so I mean, is there? I mean, maybe we don't need to describe the hospital too much, but they arrived at the hospital. I mean, it, it is, it is like half like closed and and run down i mean it's not like falling apart there's still like no. it gives me energy uh, the kind of like uh vibes of the uh the hospital in planet terror
0: yeah it's i i do actually like the establishing shots of the hospital me too um it sets it up as a creepy vibe because it's this whole big hospital front but you only see lights coming from this tiny section of it
1: yes and I think the establishing shots are also super important for when later there's encou- a couple of key encounters that ca- happen a- outside of the hospital. And it gives you some spatial um, awareness yes. for wh- those scenes and like where, you know, and, and it kind of gives you some appreciation for, you know, in, in horror movie ways, certain characters move large distances in short amount of time in a very creepy way. Or yes. do they? Uh, who knows? We'll get to that. But so there's not many people at this hospital. So it makes our cast of characters very small. So there is Nurse Allison, who is Daniel's estranged wife uh, because they lost a child. We find out a lot more about uh, that child and almost to an excessive degree, maybe yeah. uh, later on. We have the elderly Dr. Richard Powell. We have Nurse Beverly. Wow,
0: that was who that was ageist of you. <laughs> Did you do have to. Men- you didn't mention how old Allison was. Do you have to
1: mention how old Dr. Richard Powell is? Damn, you really got me. Should we start over yeah. <laughs> the whole podcast? Because uh, I'm not editing that out. No. So, so we got Nurse Beverly, who is middle aged.
0: Okay, loving
1: it. We have in, <laughs> yeah, we have we have intern Kim, who for an intern I think seems very confident uh, in her abilities, and maybe probably knows more than an intern would know. Maybe. And, but this this intern is played by not the actress who uh, Ellen Wong plays knives Chow in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I didn't recognize her. Okay, yeah. now that makes sense to me. Yeah, and I wrote this in the outline. So you know she's a slacker intern because of her long sleeve black and white striped shirt underneath her scrubs. I don't know why I was thinking that, but it, I think it kind of like it gives it, that that kind of costume choice gives someone a laid back vibe. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it
0: she no it it reminds i agree with you but it reminds me more of those people that like nightmare before christmas way too much and yeah so kind of have that slacker mild goth vibe
1: right they they, it's like that high school phase where they're obsessed with their personality was obsessed with nightmare before christmas never really ended
0: (laughs) that's the worst (laughs) part when you're allowed to be obsessed but when it never ends that's the problem
1: yeah um, and then, last of all, we have this uh, pregnant patient Ma- Maggie and her grandfather Ben. Yes, Ben uh, Parker, Peter's grandfather, or uncle. I mean, I mean, I would love Maggie this. Parker. As, <laughs> that I would love over. this as
0: an Into the Spider Verse like Spider-Man origin story. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Spider-Man into the void. Oh, stop it! I would get love out of my get out of my, <laughs> out of my, dream, my car. <laughs> that no, wasn't even what i was thinking of for fan fiction but now i think that might be my number one yeah. yeah better than sonic the hedgehog into the void yeah which i would still pay to see yeah i would too <laughs> <laughs> especially if it was uh ben schwartz's sonic the hedgehog from the movies that's,
0: absolutely that's the the trilogy the last one is sonic into the void <laughs> It's
1: <getting> real dark <laughs> we love that yeah so uh kim is in a hospital room with uh the, this patient cliff i guess he I, did, I left cliff off but you'll see why um there's this really on the nose foreshadowing for one i think they're watching night of the living dead but it's been a while since i watched *Night eye of the living dead that i i i can't quite remember if the frame we see is from that and i it looked is. it up is it okay
0: i i saw a trivia thing mm. that's it yeah it's nice. okay
1: i meant i meant to look it up but
0: i forgot but thank you for confirming. where uh this is an aside. Where do you watch? Uh, like if you, you are given any choice to watch a film, where do you usually go?
1: Do I have a choice of a movie theater? You don't like streaming. Oh, like what service? Yeah. Uh Well, nowadays I go on just watch.com and I look up where it's playing. Gotcha. Uh, But I, I would don't... say normally I will check. I used to check Netflix first. Now I feel like Netflix's quality is dropped off by a lot. Um uh, probably HBO Max.
0: Okay. I uh I prefer Amazon just because Amazon uh gives you the x-ray where it shows you who yeah. the actors who are on screen
1: and they do trivia facts. Oh, that's why fan. you were asking. That makes total sense. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. And every time other than this time, I rented it on Amazon or watched. I think one time it was free, but my my I didn't want to rent it again. And my friend uh had a Plex server and he put it up on his Plex server. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but I would happily pay to rent this movie normally. It's it's worth it um i'd also play pray uh pay for like a blu-ray i don't even know if one exists i should probably look into that yeah but anyway uh but yeah also kim is showing him gross medical pictures and saying statistically you're more likely to die in a hospital which isn't is like it's like it's a funny kind of foreshadowing it's not an annoying kind in my opinion and also she's looking showing them pictures of like a flayed hand which is very gross yeah she's um, describing degloving. do you know what degloving is i sure do then thanks for remembering the term yeah uh try not to think about that because it makes my hands feel
0: <laughs> i know
1: Ugh. light and shaky yeah so anyway um to uh the cuts you know to like maggie maggie seems worried about the baby um but says dr powell says the baby is on the way and it's all good here <laughs> yeah but it, it, the one thing I wanted to say is that d- through these like just establishments, like the establishing shots and, like, and not to mention the opening, which is creepy for its own reasons, like the whole vibe of this movie is just kind of relentlessly creepy. And it's the, it, like you already know something bad happened. And even then when you get to the hospital, like nothing has happened yet. The, the threat, like the, the, nothing's really happening. But I'm like, i just every time I watch it, I feel such tension.
0: It's the isolation. I think. Uh, I think isolation oh. is key to really good horror. They're isolated. This hospital. There's what, like five of them, really. Um, they're kind of seemingly in the middle of nowhere. They're surrounded by these woods. Uh, later, we found out the phone lines are cut. This is a movie that mercifully just no one has a cell phone um, because they would have to write it off as like the reception here is really bad. But why? Because it's a hospital. That makes no sense. Yeah. They just wisely no one has cell phones. Um, so I yeah, I think it's the isolation. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you're I think you're right about that. So Allison and Daniel have this brief awkward conversation, um, clearly they've got some baggage, um, some unresolved issues. And Dr. Powell comes in and gives and every time I, I know there's they establish through later dialogue that Dr. Powell has like a, a maybe a longer existing relationship with one or both of them. But every time he comes in and he gives Daniel this unsolicited advice and how to about how to be careful around Allison and how to like tread lightly and just like she's sensitive and stuff and i just find it to be such a dick move
0: yeah i agree i it is kind of a dick move but the the kind of angle i saw through was he's protective of her like she's his daughter
1: Um, Uh, oh shit all right well i'll probably never think that again i think you're you're spot on with that thank you um, and Dr. Powell mentions to Daniel that he lost his daughter Sarah, <laughs> uh, and how it was so hard. Um, just like you know, Daniel and Allison lost their child, but he found a way to keep going. Did and he's now? He's very ominous about it. Yeah, not like there's like a, there's like a scale of ominous where like ten is annoying in a horror movie, unless like they've already the threats already revealed like in full. That's fine, but like he's at like an eight, and I think he maybe. He could right or like a seven, and that's a good. That's a good like place to be.
0: Yeah, I we'll get to Doctor Powell, and we can kind of sure will. We sure will. We can spoil now, I guess that he has nefarious intentions. Um, I think you're right because the first time I saw this, I registered it as ominous, but I was not suspicious of him. Agreed. I, I yeah, I thought he was saying ominous things based you know for plot reasons.
1: Exactly. I felt the exact same way, and I still appreciate, despite the fact that. You know, you'll never get the the experience of watching a film for the first time again. That I, that I was I was fooled the first time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it becomes very apparent that Doctor Powell is like has some relationship with Daniel already, and he mentions offhand that Daniel is stubborn like his father was. I appreciate that they're not going too like into exposition. There's like throwaway lines like that that aren't necessary, but they at least give you some sort of you know history
0: yeah also the father thing comes up a couple times it does yeah it's kind of weird we'll Mm. we'll talk about that and
1: and I I think every time it comes up it's less and less necessary but I don't mind it here
0: I don't mind it here either there's some weird messaging in this film about like motherhood and fatherhood I think if you take all these together that I don't know comes together at all but I think it's there
1: to spoil it I guess I would say that was one of the things that I find doesn't quite work but i wouldn't say i dislike it if that makes sense like it just is one of those things where you're like i really like this movie why don't i love it more and that's one of those reasons yeah
0: it's 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 one of the few things in this movie that feels slightly half-baked yeah yeah so
1: well our friend
0: daniel uh our sheriff he goes to check on beverly uh and cliff the patient that was shown before with kim um and beverly is being a real naughty goose um she's bent down over cliff and, and we get the reveal that she has shoved a pair of scissors through his eyes killing him love it yeah and for added fun she's cut off her own face yeah.
1: <laughs> it is fun <laughs> yeah. i and at this point i mean i was already in you know the first time watching it but at this point i was just like <laughs> here we what go yes yeah.
0: Um, so he tries to reason with her, but she tells him this isn't my face um, and she keeps cutting it off. Um, Daniel is obviously very confused and upset and she charges him and he is forced to shoot and kill her.
1: Um, one, one thing we should say is that and here and especially when we get to some of the other practical effects, they do a very good job of using lighting and blocking to not totally reveal the practical nature of the practical effects, but to keep enough visible where it is very scary. Yeah. Yeah. Her,
0: uh, her with her face cut off, she's shot at such a distance where the practical effects look phenomenal. I think if she were shot closer up, then just like you're saying, you would kind of see the strings being pulled
1: a little bit. Yeah. And let's just say for now, there is a scene later where someone appears in a similar way, And I think that it is less effective. Agreed. Because it is too close and too well lit. Agreed.
0: Um, So everyone kind of comes to see the commotion. Um, Daniel has to leave to be sick in the bathroom. Um, He passes out and he sees visions Mm -hmm. of black clouds and kind of an otherworldly face. Oh, I'm sorry. Flip that. Um, He sees them when he looks at himself in the mirror um, and then he faints. We cut to Doctor Powell um, when he wakes up, telling him to calm down, and again that he's stubborn like his father was. Again, we get this father reference. Um, they mentioned that there is a state trooper here, um, and he says, "Wow, how long have I been out?" And they said, "No, no, no, no he just got here." Um, and it's about James. Yeah. So we meet Mitchell, who is an older state trooper. Um, we he references that he also knew Daniel's father. Um, Mitchell is under the impression that James, the the kind of junkie who got shot at the beginning and who is now in the hospital, may be responsible for a bloodbath uh, they found at the house from the beginning. You're um, led to connect all these dots, that he's referencing the house from the beginning. Um, again, some people may find that confusing. I think it makes complete sense because what else could he be talking about? Yeah. So his theory is that James gave the nurse drugs to make her freak out. Um, this doesn't make sense. Allison says, "Like, no, he's been, he's <laughs> yeah, been <out>. no <laughs> way, no sense, no sense." Yeah. Um, but he takes charge of the situation for now, um, and he he kind of um, talks down to Daniel and says, "Like, your father would never allow something like this." Yeah. So Daniel goes to call everything in. Um, he goes to use the phone in the hospital, uh, which has been cut. Um, so he decides to go to his car. Um, he goes there. He can't get through to anyone at the station. Also we'll notice that the car is still parked relatively close to the doors of the hospital. Yes. That's notable. Put a pin in that for later. Yep. He sees a cloaked figure with a black triangle on his hood, standing a little ways off from the car. Um, something I really appreciate is the way he engages the cloaked figure (laughs) kind of sticks his head out the window and goes, hi. Yeah. Um, Which is exactly what I, probably I would do.
1: That's exactly what I would do.
0: It's one of those things where in real life, when you see things that are just so outside of what you expect, at least for me, I just kind of respond in a really goofy, awkward way. Like, Oh, Hey buddy, what are you doing?
1: Yeah. And that, but I think that I've seen enough movies now where if this had happened to me in real life, like within like a millisecond,s after saying hi, I would be like, Oh my God, there's a cult and we're all right. going to die. Right. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Um, but the cult member attacks Daniel. Um, he gets stabbed in the shoulder, yeah. which they later put a coat on him, and it's kind of never referenced
1: again. It's There is um, a great cut where when he gets up, suddenly there are like a bunch more cultists standing around. It's so yeah, good.
0: Yeah. So um, he flees back into the hospital. Um, yeah. And this is where we get the cult in here, and shit is fully popping off.
1: One, one quick thing that I wanted to, to mention is that and this isn't a nitpick, but before Daniel is attacked, he hears a noise, like a horn, that we also hear. And initially, and I feel like it fools me every time, I always think it's non-diegetic, but it is diegetic because they mention horns blaring later, very briefly later in the movie. And it's it's interesting to think like a cult call using horns to call presumably call cult members to the hospital, which... Good lord, terrifying! But it it always fools me. I always think it's like part of the score.
0: No, it's and it's such a creepy idea too because it's such an old fashioned, like stone age way of gathering people. And that yeah, that makes my skin crawl too.
1: Yeah. And so I basically like right after he gets in the hospital, there is a quick cut to an like amazing shot of a dead, bloody Beverly laying on the ground like twitching and these like spider-like legs and arms are like shaking and like coming out of her mouth and eyes it's
0: something's trying to get out
1: of her it's so it's so cool (laughs) it's very upsetting i think this is it really is upsetting
0: i think this is one of the more affecting practical effect shot because of the idea that something trying to worm its way out of her there's another shot later with Mitchell where tentacles are worming into his face and oh my eyes god also just oh, I, there's something about tentacles coming in and out of bodies that just
1: ups- Yes. And like and there are like well, we'll get into it, but there are shots where you like you blow away a part of like a creature's body and then more tentacles or like teeth yeah. come out of that wood. Like it doesn't it's, matter. It, it, yeah, it's oh my god. It's just and that is I'll just will just say like now, like that is one of the things about like Lovecraftian creatures that is so like, it's so like a lot of them are described as like, I, I'm going to butcher this, but it's like amorphous and like money eyes, many tentacles, sometimes many mouths. And it almost sounds silly. And sometimes artist renditions of those types of creatures are, are like unnerving, but also a little childish in some ways. This is like what I picture every yeah. time I, I read about that.
0: And what's also terrifying, and the movie, as we mentioned, and it will continue to do so later, it's like when you shoot these things or attack them Mm -hmm. in, I think one of the Lovecraft scary parts of those creatures is um, just the the geography of a body, how it doesn't make sense. And oftentimes characters will try and shoot these creatures in the face. And like we mentioned, it doesn't matter. Like you would think shooting something in the head would definitely put it down it just spawns more tentacles and things it doesn't actually really kill them in the way yep. that would think shooting something in the face or the head would um, and I think that's also what just makes them even more terrifying
1: agreed and so we hear James start screaming and so Daniel and Mitchell show up and see the Beverly creature like fully like just uh, let's I, let, now. we got she's <laughs> surreal bev in this situation yeah. uh us let's, let's describe I don't even know how to describe I and mean, we've been kind of doing it but she's like, um, I don't know. Like, would you? I just say like, like a, like almost like a hunched back, giant. Like, it it doesn't resemble a woman at all anymore, really. No. Like it just warped and fleshy, dripping like ripped flesh, and like tentacles coming out of her mouth, and like feel like little tentacles coming out of everywhere.
0: It's just. It reminds me yeah. of a description of the the Lovecraftian creatures from Mountains of Madness. Um, yeah, exactly. What God? What are they called? Why am I blanking on this?
1: Are those like the the Shub? Um, the oh the I don't know how to pronounce yeah.
0: it. I want to say Shumagorath, but isn't that from Marvel? <laughs>
1: um, I maybe. Yeah, I, I, I it might be the one creature that vaguely sounds like the N word, and so I don't want to say it. Yeah, yeah. Let's avoid that. But I think you're right. Yeah. Oh no! It's just um, no. All right, I'll keep going. It might come this to is me. Really, this is really fun for listeners. This is really, yeah, I know this is really <laughs> bothering, but it, but I, except if there's like one listener who's just like saying it. There's like just saying, uh, and they're
0: driving. Yeah, they're going insane right now. Let's
1: yeah. yeah let's, All right, well we'll we'll skip that. Maybe come back. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's gross. <laughs> it's really good creature effects. So Vincent and Shimon show Simon show up and uh, Shageth. Shawgh! Yes! The yes, thank you. God. Okay, we can
0: move on. Finally. Audience member, yeah,
1: you got it. Finally. Uh, at least I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm almost yeah. positive. Uh Vincent and Simon. I it was less complicated than I thought. They show up, they point guns at James, who takes Maggie as a hostage. Dr. Powell tries to intervene and save Maggie. Ooh, why? Besides mm. the fact that she's pregnant. I guess <laughs> just that is the well, exact thing. She's a young, a vulnerable pregnant girl, he's a doctor. <laughs> yeah. But he's he's so old. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Well, Uh, he tries to talk James down. James stabs Dr. Powell in the neck, who basically like falls to the ground, grips his neck, is like bleeding out and they like pull him away. And then we just don't see him again. And it's assumed that he's dead. Uh, You're supposed to. But, you know, Um, so the creature shows up and takes Mitchell. Uh, There's a kind of like a lame cut, uh, probably due to budget reasons of like how when it kind of appears behind him and grabs him. It's very cheesy. Um, yeah, they just I feel like the editing wasn't super great, but uh, nitpicky. Yeah, it's,
0: it's because they have to get the creature very close to him, and therefore yeah. they can't really show it very long or from all the right angles. So exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, but Daniel goes after him with an axe. He sees the creature holding Mitchell, and like you were mentioning, pushing its tentacles like into his body, like through his eyes. Like it's just it's got it so upsetting also
0: this shot lasts uh, maybe mm. one second but that one second of just like roiling tentacles oozing yes space, it's oh.
1: another good comparison to the thing is that it uses its practical effects sparingly but so well yes so so well and I guess while we're good while we're adding on to the thing comparisons, I don't really know another relevant place to well, actually no. I'll say what I'll save it for what, what works, but I had another thought about the thing. But so yeah, so Mitchell's dead, you could say it's fair to say. And Vincent and Simon show up and finish off the creature with an ax and a gun. There's some good gory shots, the damage they're doing. And there's a lot of flashing lights, which is presumably due to budget reasons. One of those things we mentioned earlier, trying to make it harder to make out the flaws and creature effects. And also it adds a little bit to the, to the scariness. Yeah. I, I forget if it's here or a little bit later with later creature effects, where it's like what, what I was mentioning before about like blasting parts of the, their flesh away, but like there's just tentacles underneath. Yeah. Like it just, it just, there's never ending. And like the thing, how else to, to, to take care of a problem, uh, but to burn, to burn, burn it. Fire. So yeah. Vincent and Simon burn Mitchell's body like they did with the, the woman in the beginning of the movie. Um, and then there's a big, just big quarrel. You got, you got mad dad. Um, so what, what do you, do you ever get really annoyed when it's like no one could think of anything mean to say to a female character, but just to call them a slut. I Even don't, they don't like- know them at all. I hate it. I don't like it. It's like you. It's like there. It's like a movie. A, a scriptwriter is like, how do we show that this guy's a douchebag? It's like, well, you're already doing it because he looks like he's angry. <laughs> um, but like, you don't have to just call a woman a slut to prove that. It's just, yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, agree. I'm not. I'm I, not trying to be like preachy about any kind of like feminist issues either i i I think it's just objectively just bad it's bad writing it's
0: lazy well and it's not even bad writing if you do that in real life one you shouldn't go around calling people sluts but two if you don't know that person it's yeah it's just such a lazy insult because you don't know them um also uh you know let's be sex positive here
1: okay right yeah just because someone's pregnant could have been her husband you idiot um the other thing that
0: kind of bothers me is this is the time in the movie where if you were the sheriff you'd be like hey mad dad and sad son what is going on
1: yep exactly
0: Um, and that doesn't really happen which i would say that's my biggest bugbear uh, not to spoil what doesn't work but it's frustrating to me that mad dad could sit down and explain in three minutes what's going on and he just doesn't
1: yeah um, and he does later but like not at a good time (laughs) No. (laughs) no um I would say I, I was not to spoil what doesn't work. I feel like maybe we just need to work what works and doesn't work it into like yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but this 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 little like five minutes of the movie is my least favorite part of the whole movie.
0: Agreed. Yeah, it's them bickering. It's all of a sudden tensions are high yet also lower because no one's trying to kill each other anymore. It's the like-
1: wrong kind of tension. It yeah. is the one time in the movie where I have where the tension I feel has left me
0: it's kind of reverse, really because you would think you would have a scene where they're arguing and kind of petty with each other. And then that would escalate into them holding knives at each other's necks and pointing right. guns and axes, but it, it, it flips mm-hmm. that. It has that scene first. So this yeah. scene feels like, weren't we just about to kill each other? And now we're kind of throwing these petty insults.
1: Around. What if James had been like, don't let me near that guy. He's so mad. He's so mad. He, he's going to kill me. He's just the maddest guy.
0: He's a mad dad.
1: He's a mad dad. Yeah, he's, he's a
0: mad dad.
1: <laughs> um so Daniel Vincent and Simon decided to go outside get a shotgun from the patrol car. Suddenly, the patrol car is much further away than it was before. Yeah. I love that. And I especially love it. If you dig if you want to ruin it or potentially make it more funny or just more fun and cool, if you did really really dig <laughs> into it, why the fuck would they move the car? That much? Why would they just get rid of it?
0: Well, is it the cult though, or is it the like the reality of the hospital? Because we know later by the end of the movie, the hospital is like a house of leaves, like it's bigger than it is on the outside. So, is that causing like the parking lot to grow or shift? That that that's where I don't know. Like that's the way I take it. I take it as reality is kind of bending and stretching and getting bigger. I, I took it that way instead of the cult members being like, tee hee hee, let's move the car and really scare them. Okay.
1: Shit. Yeah. Again, watch that's, this that's, movie a lot. I haven't once thought that. So that's that's I why mean, we're, we're like, doing this. Yeah. That's why we're lot, friends.
0: <laughs> this, this is why we have great conversations.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like that's that. I mean, that's just my <clears throat> I I mean, it's it's creepy regardless. I like it. Even when I've like thought about like, why wouldn't they just get rid of the car? (laughs) I still find it creepy. Yeah. Yeah. But or maybe the, the cult is really likes fucking with people by moderately inconveniencing them. It's about those minor inconveniences, you know? I
0: mean, it does minorly inconvenience them.
1: It's like it's like if the, the cult showed up and just, like, put, like, a, a piece of paper between their fingers and gave them a paper cut on the webbing.
0: <laughs> or it's like the cult stole your phone and changed the password, but, <laughs> but then gave you a list of three possible new passwords.
1: Yeah. Like- yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. We gave you a, here's a five word password, but one of these, like two of those letters are capitalized. But we're not going to tell you which two, and then there's <laughs> hey, we're not going to tell you what number is at the end. You
0: suffer through figuring all that out.
1: Yeah. So you can't see any cultists at first, but then you hear the horns blare and more appear in the distance, kind of very similar uh, or very suddenly, and they in sync raise their knives and and <sighs> and slowly kind of approach to attack them.
0: It should be stupid, but all of them raising their knives in unison. I just, I it love it. Cool, Yeah.
1: Yep. So meanwhile, Allison is going to search for supplies to help deliver Maggie's baby, but Powell captures her. He is somehow um, still alive. He's a doctor.
0: Can we call him Dr. Powell?
1: So uh, not only am I being ageist, I'm not acknowledging yeah. the fact that he spent his life getting a jurist. I would say he hasn't earned my respect so that's my counterpoint to you
0: you know what i'm gonna say he he gets a pass because of all the lives he saved before this i'm gonna say in the cosmic scale he's he's 50 50
1: you want to know what that sounds like that's real i want to live in the world of this movie energy you're off right now (laughs) you know what
0: let's not go there right now Uh,
1: it's always my most interesting uh time of the time of the episode is to find out why the fuck you'd want to live in a world because <laughs> you always have a reason and I usually don't agree with it, but I appreciate the creativity behind yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. So, um, Powell's alive and Daniel gets a call, uh, from coming from the morgue. Um, and Dr. Powell reveals himself. Uh, he tells him that he, when, uh, Daniel woke up from passing out, um, Powell could tell that Daniel had seen something. Um, As or as Daniel and Powell are having a conversation uh, mad dad goes through this box of Polaroids on Powell's desk And it's filled with pictures of like human body parts and these terrifying like again degloving type pictures Yeah, um, as well as a door with this triangle picture on it Um, Daniel he says is quote following in his father's footsteps um, again mentioning the father uh, But that he does he want to go where his father's gone? Um, presumably death, yeah, right, which we'll get into later. Um, he tells Daniel that losing his daughter, again, getting the Dr. Powell's dead daughter, she's all over this place. Dr. Powell's dead daughter. Um, <laughs> she quite literally is. She quite literally set him on his path. um and they they have this commonality. They both lost children, but that Powell says he's going to set things right and that his purpose ultimately is altruistic,
1: which, yep. you know, we'll get to it in his mind. Maybe it is. Do you so, find, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. I, like, so Powell, as we'll get into, does a lot of monologuing for the rest of the movie. Yes. And I think most of it works. I I find that, because I'm stepping on what doesn't work again, nitpicky, very tiny nitpicky stuff. I find him trying, I guess, so villains will often monologue about how they're making the world a better place, and they try to, like, make people see... Like unrealistically, they're just like, can't you see what I'm doing here? It's actually a good thing, but for some reason, him bridging, trying to bridge that gap by talking about Daniel's father, I guess mainly his father, I just find it to be, I uh, just uh, annoying. It's an ex- it's it's excessive. Again, it's half baked. It's they could yeah, do that's the with, word. They could do
0: something with fatherhood at the end. They kind of do a little bit that could tie it together a little bit better. But it yeah, it just feels unnecessary. It feels happy.
1: You're right. It's a it's a very like it's like a half-baked theme that they just left in the movie after they kind of figured out the rest of what to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh the crew, uh Mad Dad, um and sad son and Daniel are forced to go after Allison because she's the only one who can care for Maggie, who is now definitely in labor um and kind of needing help. So Kim, Maggie, and Maggie's grandfather will stay put, and then our other friends will go after Allison. Mm. Kim, the intern, is upset at being left in charge. Um, She doesn't think she can handle Maggie or anything else that's going on. Um, And later we'll find that she can't. (laughs) Um, So the crew wake up James, um, our druggie, uh, to get any information about how they can figure out what's going on. Um, They threaten and they break one of his fingers he tells uh, them that it was dr powell who um who he killed um james claims that he was lured there with the promise of drugs um, but it was actually a house kind of in the middle of nowhere in the backwoods where this triangle cult performed kind of these sex death and transformation rituals
1: so here's here's a nitpick for you that this one i don't know if you're going to have like a way to explain this away (laughs) but uh or not you know not that you've been doing that it's just if he it was knew it was Dr. Powell, he did not react that way when he first saw Dr. Powell. He reacted to Dr. Powell as some stranger who was trying to intervene with him, keep taking Maggie hostage. He did not. You would have thought if he's if he knew it was Dr. Powell, he would have been like, it's that guy. He did it right. And he never does. That. I think that's a unless there's something I'm missing, that's a pretty glaring uh, mistake.
0: Yeah, I I also I don't think there's a way to explain this. Can we though park on James for a second? Yeah. Um I have a feeling that the mad dad wants to kill him because when James dies, he will be transformed. Is that your impression?
1: Yeah, it, or at least maybe not that he will, but that mad dad has seen enough to know that you got you got to cover all your bases. It, it's it's very similar to like the thing where you got to burn the body. Yeah. In case, like, it was a thing or could turn into a thing later or, or you know, so he because- whatever, whatever bad dad and, or mad dad and sad son saw like they saw enough to to think like, okay, this cult had their hands on these people. And we've seen what other kind of insane creature type things they've done. There's no reason that we wouldn't believe that James and this other woman are going to transform Yeah, Yeah.
0: they're very mean to him, though, because if you think about it, he's just a drug addict. And from my long history of watching intervention, you know, they (laughs) deserve they deserve our compassion and sympathy. (laughs) And, you know, he's just he's an addict and he got lured into this thing and it's not really his fault, but they're just vicious to him.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: And it feels a little unfair.
1: I agree. I was only laughing because I thought you were going to make a joke and say, with my long history of drug addiction, I... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm getting kidnapped into cults where they transform people into monsters. Yeah. I, you know, I have a
1: lot of sympathy for him. Yep. Um, no, I, I'm with you. I think it's, it's sad. Yeah, James is a tragic character, I would say. He, it doesn't end well for him.
0: No. Um, So they they drag James along with him And he kind of does the thing Which at this point is kind of true He's like you're just as crazy as he is Um, And they kind of are They're a little intense Um, So they head to the abandoned part of the hospital That's presumably been damaged by the fire Um, Kim is on the radio with them And they're trying to find their way To the morgue Um, And there's a set of stairs that they go down That shouldn't exist Uh, I love
1: that I love it if you told me that Hocus Pocus 2 had a set of stairs that shouldn't exist, I'd watch it. Otherwise, watching, not going to watch it.
0: I'm watching Hocus Pocus 2 tonight, so <laughs> I'll give you a full review.
1: Please let me know if there are any staircases. I love secret, not secret staircases. That's a completely different thing. Like but haunted secret house
0: staircases are also good.
1: They are cool. But if there is a staircase, I love impossible spaces in horror. Impossible I love spaces. it so much. Yes. It's one of my favorite horror tropes ever i think it's underused and when it is used i think it is often used ineffectually like it it, to the point where you almost don't even notice it um love it here it's subtle but i love it
0: yeah and so like we said with the car moving it's showing that like spaces in reality are not behaving the way they should something else is going on here i think again this may contribute to people not understanding the film um, being like well that's weird why why that shouldn't be here and it's like no that's the point it shouldn't be here that that there's a very specific reason that this should not be here and it is and it's because reality is kind of breaking
1: down and is it do they have like a moment where because like, i thought like kim was like help, helping guide them where to go right and like and then they mentioned the staircase and she's like there's not another one or something yeah, like she that
0: says, she says there's only one staircase and okay on yeah. the second one
1: Love it. Um, so
0: Allison wakes up on a hospital bed. Um, she's presumably in the morgue uh, with Powell speaking to her mm-hmm. and is he back to her. Um, she tells him that she saw him die. Um, he goes on to say that this transformation he's undergoing, that dying, um, it felt mostly like a release. He says it did not feel like pain. Um, I have a feeling based on some of the things we see later, it's, it's probably very painful. Yeah. Um, he mentions that as a doctor he spent his career fighting death and he always wanted to save people beyond saving like his daughter so again we get more of his motivation and again he's kind of obsessed with his daughter seeing him kind of care for Allison in this really fucked up way is kind of what made me think at the beginning why he's so kind of defensive of her to Daniel because he again sees her as kind of a surrogate daughter much in the same way I think he sees Maggie as a surrogate daughter uh, and definitely Maggie's baby is a surrogate daughter well, literally, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the boys, the crew of our, our boys stumble into this cult basement area. Um, you get transmutation circles on the floor. And it's kind of funny because they literally are performing human transmutation.
1: They sure are.
0: And they look very similar to the piles of goop that human transmutation causes in Fullmetal Alchemist. Um, so Mad Dad and James kind of talk about the Cold house. This is where we get a little bit more of Mad Dad's um, kind of background. Um, James says that it's similar to what he found and experienced there. And uh, Mad Dad says they're in hell. Uh, we cut to Kim, Grandpa, and Maggie. Maggie's doing, not doing well. And Kim increasingly is not able to help her. Yeah. So we cut to Powell monologuing to Allison about death. More of that. Um, He says it's like a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. He says they've only been able to trace things to the cocoon, but never to that full trans transformation. Um, He says that he made some mistakes along the way that are still down here.
1: Love that line so much. Yeah. I love
0: that. Just mistakes along the way things happen. Yep. Um, And then that's where it's mentioned. He says that they're responsible for the fire that destroyed the hospital, which makes sense. It yep. also makes sense why they wouldn't have found the creatures who destroy the hospital, because again, this is an impossible space. Um, you kind of get the impression that in the daylight these places don't exist. It's only kind of at night, yep. in these otherworldly hours that these other spaces kind of happen into being. So, um, they want to die, but Powell won't let them. We'll cut to that in a second, uh, with a creature who's doing just that, that I think is the most effective horror shot in this whole film um he wants to end the cycle of death and rebirth and he really twists the knife and is a real dick by reminding her um how her son died in childbirth he was strangled by his own umbilical cord yeah so again this idea that like life is taking life is causing death death can be a a source of life it's this weird inversion that he's he's kind of trying to pursue so he turns around and we get the reveal that Powell has cut his own face off because that's just what the kids are into these days. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just why not? Um, in Event Horizon, him removing his eyes, I guess, made more sense than this because when the line, we don't need eyes to see where we're going, I find really badass, especially when he cuts out his own eyes. Him cutting his face off, there's no real like reason for it. He just kind of does it,
1: but there's nothing that make that puts losing your eyes in perspective, or the pain of losing your eyes in perspective, like cutting off your own face. I mean, like, I mean, obviously the the end result. I think I might rather have my eyes and have a fucked up face, but the 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 pain of get cutting your face off. Good lord, I've never done either, so I
0: really couldn't say which is more painful.
1: Well, yeah, we'll find out what the kids are doing. Yeah.
0: Um, so we get oh, this reveal is phenomenal. We get uh, the reveal of Allison's stomach. It's this mm-hmm. like boiling mass of something moving in her abdomen. Um, she's pregnant now, very suddenly pregnant with like some kind of horrific monster.
1: Yeah. Um, just that shot. Yeah.
0: Let's talk about it more. What I mean, what do you think
1: of it? I love it. It is, I mean, you know, it, if you've watched horror movies, you've seen gross pregnant you know, with pregnant with a demon, pregnant with an alien type stuff before. And so you maybe you're trying to stand out from that a little bit in terms of how you presented visually. I think they succeed.
0: This is like an 11. This is like whatever is in there is like actively clawing and worming. And it's, it's horrific.
1: And as we find out in the scene later, that is very much what is happening. Yes. (laughs) Like, and we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it, That is there's like another moment similar to this, that is just like, like brutal just visceral yeah yeah
0: um so daniel and company find powell's failures they say it's like a butcher shop um and then i believe um no not yet we'll get to it um but so they find they find his failures we cut back to maggie and she's bleeding and not doing well um her grandfather begs kim to help her um kim realizes that maggie needs a c section um yeah. which she is not equipped to give um so we'll get we, back
1: and when we say powell's failures there's like deformed hanging corpses like or like laying down or like hanging everywhere and
0: some are mid transformation which i also love like they're still somewhat human but they're kind of transformed Uh, yeah beverly was the fully transformed version these are kind of the failures yeah um so bad dad starts to be affected by these dis this dismembered corpses and there are these disembodied cries of a baby and that's when he kind of starts to lose it James tells the others that he's in his head, um, which puts the idea that um, we've kind of already seen it with Daniel kind of getting these visions um, in the mirror, but something about what's going on, something about Dr. Powell, he is able to affect people inside their minds. Yes. Which is, which is interesting, and we'll come back later. We'll have a whole conversation about Maggie when we get to it, but I don't know how much of what Maggie is going through she uh, knew beforehand going into the hospital yes. and how much is now um, Dr. Powell's influence over her.
1: I, yep, I think we're probably going to agree on that. Yeah,
0: but we get, this is like ultimate chef's kiss, most disturbing shot in the film to me. Um, But we get one of these failures. Um, It's a monster beating its own head against a rod. There's nothing left but a hole in its head. And it kind of stops and turns. And there's just these oozing drips of blood that stay attached to the pole. Uh, Chef's kiss, absolute miracle of practical effects.
1: I was trying trying to hold back like when we were talking about practical effects earlier and not alluding to this moment I, I could not agree with you more it is one of my favorite things i've seen in a horror movie i don't i feel i'm being really hyperbolic i guess but it really is i love it so much
0: it's right up there with the the disembodied head from the thing yes yeah
1: yeah yep. absolutely I, I think it is fair to put those on the same level absolutely yeah.
0: So um, I, I called them the living failures slash the one reborn because that's kind of what they were like. Um, but they attack the crew, um, so they they have to have a fight, and the, you know guns are drawn. We get cut back to Kim; she is unable to give Maggie a C-section. The coward with no training and no <laughs> um, James meets his end. One of the living failures grabs him as he kind of freaks out and attacks Daniel. Um, One of the living failures grabs him, pulls him away. In my notes, I said, and presumably kills him. And then I looked up as the creature bashes his skull in. And I'm like, okay, I forgot. He absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, We cut back to Kim and Maggie. Kim can't give Maggie the C-section. She's freaking out. Um, We get this, again, great chef's kiss. Um, Someone just slits grandpa's throat and blood just goes pouring out like a waterfall. (laughs) Yep um and it's revealed that it was maggie she slit his throat um she is pregnant with powell's baby and she willingly goes with the cult members who have broken into the hospital
1: so yeah. so i i rate the acting in terms of like just how creepy how would how he do your job and maggie's main job from here on out is to do what powell is and her, that actor is to, is to be creepy and i think maggie and dr Power are the best two in the movie in terms dr. of dr dr powell is a revelation he really is put him in just honestly have a dr powell series of movies <laughs> yeah.
0: i was gonna say just have dr powell read the phone book
1: <laughs> i was gonna say have dr powell work at a at a kid's uh doctor <laughs> be a kid's doctor uh what Laurie's do you call it
0: children's hospital
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: um, so yeah, so she willingly goes with the call members. Let's talk about Maggie here for a second.
1: Yes. In my Terrifying head- smile. Terrifying
0: smile. In my headcanon, Dr. Powell is Maggie's doctor, which is why she went to this hospital in the middle of nowhere when she's about to give labor, like about to go into labor.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: my headcanon is Dr. Powell is her doctor. Dr. Powell, during some kind of checkup, inseminated her with his own sperm. Um, She does not like she thinks she's pregnant by someone else because she's a teenage slut, as you know, bad dad called her earlier Mm -hmm. Um, She comes to full term with a baby that she does not realize is dr. Powell's in the hospital being under his influence having all these things happen being in This unreal space has awakened her to this knowledge. Do you feel that that's what happened?
1: (sighs) Maybe not and, and okay. really, and really, only now that you say all of that out loud, because I think I was, I, I think I had something similar in mind, but not always. I think I kind of approach, I think I think of it differently every time. So I'll, I guess I'll throw out a couple other things. So I think I always viewed Maggie as a willing sexual partner of Doctor Powell's. I'm sorry, scratch that's not what I meant to say at all. Not willing, <laughs> but he has the ability to control people true and does that like it's not that like she's just like a random person that is going for a regular old checkup I feel like he just kind of like monologues a lot and then like puts her under a spell
0: yeah that's probably true which isn't
1: too far from what you're saying do Um, do you believe that
0: going into the hospital she is a full participant in this
1: the dialogue and the way that she delivers the lines suggest yes, which is but, what's always bugged me and not in a bad way. I think it's really intriguing.
0: She I just don't understand her genu- seemingly genuine panic up until this point,
1: unless she's just playing along. Yeah. And, and, and I think I used to think she was playing along, but you, you talking about that makes me question it, but that was where I was going to kind of come out and say, like, she is kind of doing that exact same thing. Like the, You know, it's like, oh, I'm not actually in pain. I actually love pain because I am a full, I'm fully indoctrinated in this cult and happy to use my body to do that. And that's the other, that's the other angle I was going to say, that she actually did everything willingly. But it's not, that's not what I, I think that's less, the least likely thing.
0: I think it's interesting both ways, but I think, especially later with Bad Dad and Son, where they go into these kind of psychic spaces that, yeah, it just, he can mess with people's minds and it leads me to believe that she has like awakened to this knowledge um, and is kind of under his control once she's at the hospital. Mm-hmm. But that's, again, this is all headcanon. It's not clear either way. Either way,
1: it's, it's creepy and I don't think it matters.
0: I don't think it matters. I think it's creepy to think about it either way. Um, and yeah, I think I've thought different things, different times i watched the film, but either way, Maggie does an excellent job of being creepy.
1: Yeah, it's a great twist.
0: Yeah, so um, Bad Dad and Sad Son have a confrontation in seemingly their old house. Um, Again, spaces are surreal here. This is maybe a psychic space. This is, we don't fully know, but reality is being played with. Bad Dad blames Sad Son for the death, um, seemingly by the cult of his wife and baby. Um, He says Sad Son should have protected them. I think that's a little unfair. Also, I'm not sure why the cult wouldn't kill Sad Son. He must have like run away, but it's not totally clear.
1: Yeah, I I think that there might be some dialogue from Bad Dad earlier on that implies that that's kind of what happened. That Sad Son was like attacked and and ran off. Ran off, yeah.
0: Um, Sad Son fights off Bad Dad, and he comes back to his senses. Yeah. Um, So yeah. Also, this might be the time Sad Son gets a line, but I don't think he does.
1: Yeah, if any time it was probably then, but I, I you, you're probably right. So, Daniel finds Allison, she is pregnant, she's like, you know, hold me, I need comfort, and a very cruel twist that turns out to be a complete illusion. And her hand
0: dissolves in, his in like hand, ash, I, yeah,
1: she is dead already. And there are, and it's a really cool cut, like to see what he's envisioning versus oh, what the reality is. There's God. just like a table. And there are, like, it's like something burst out of her, like like a thousand different tentacles burst out of her and, like, just grabbed walls in the room. It's very H.R. Giger. Very much so. Very good. Uh, Daniel, very kind of without hesitation, just chops her the fuck up with an axe. Good. Can we talk
0: about that shot? Because there's a shot of him chopping her up with the axe with blood splattering on the door. And it's just a slow zoom down this increasingly darkening hallway centered on that. And it—it's oh, an extremely affecting shot.
1: I'm glad you brought that up. I—I I, I do like that shot a lot. I didn't have a note on it, but you're—you're you're absolutely right. It's good. It's very good. So Daniel is suddenly transported into this dark room with an out, like a very like faint white light outline of a triangle in at one end, and there are various gurneys uh, with bloody sheets draped on them in the, in the room. I are those just other experiments? Because cult what... leaders show up later. It's like, I, I keep thinking every time, like, are those actually cult people or or did I miss that? But I don't think so. I think that's just no. like bodies.
0: I think, yeah, they're more of his experiments.
1: So, Paul really starts monologuing now. He is, he's just nonstop from between now and the end. about uh He monologues about how he's defied death. He's defied God. Talks about, you know, it's very, he's full Lovecraft mode right now. Like there are things much older than God, much older than time. Oh, that is a line that I feel like I've heard many times and I like it every single time I hear it. Much older than time. It's like, that's, it's almost cheesy at this point, but it like works well here.
0: I, uh, I think I sent you this um, and it was something like, um, you know, it took Dracula 112 years to enact his plan. It took Sauron 4,000 years before he forged the ring. Cthulhu saw galaxies flare and time come into existence before he like toyed with the minds of men. Like your dreams are possible at any time. <laughs> yeah.
1: That'd <laughs> be great if there was like a motivational poster in this room. We'll talk about Sauron in terms of what we've been watching uh no spoilers i I am behind Uh, unfortunately i'm like three episodes behind but i think i know what's going to happen but obviously i don't want you to tell me anyway so where am where where am i at oh yeah so monologue paul's monologuing again this actor is just really going for it and it works so well also,
0: um, it's important to note that uh, the actor playing in the bodysuit is not the actor who plays Powell. Powell's right. voice
1: is coming yes. through. And, I, and that is one thing that actually does bother me a little bit. It is very obviously not him yeah. when you see him. Yeah. So. So during the middle of this monologuing, Maggie suddenly shows up with the cultists are all like in the room all of a sudden and she stabs Daniel who kind of falls to the ground and she joins Powell who comes out of the darkness and has no skin at all. I think that I, I appreciate the movie wanting to go full on with the no skin thing, but I don't think it looks amazing.
0: It looks it's, so, it's not it's,
1: gross enough. It's like he's fully like calloused over, and like it just doesn't work for me. Totally, he
0: looks like he looks like a like he's covered in melted black candle wax.
1: I yes, and, and and like the idea of it works so well to me that it makes up for the fact that visually it doesn't totally work for me.
0: Yeah, and again, this is the kind of thing where if they had a higher budget, they probably could have pulled it
1: off. Yeah um so paul says he will soon have sarah back but before he can begin that transformation his transformation and the transformation of the other cultist again kind of vague what he might be referring to i suppose unless he's talking about you know the transmutation and such but anyway before any of that has to happen daniel has to die doesn't really make sense why no whatever and so paul starts a chant um right by that triangle light to open the abyss uh the 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 void The triangle door, it. (laughs) it opens and this very bright white light is behind it. We don't really see anything else other than this bright white light. And Maggie asks to be blessed with Powell's daughter. He places his hands on her and then suddenly, and this is very disturbing, she starts like freaking out as it's almost that she's been like snapped back to reality. If she did have her under a spell this whole time, which it kind of seems like maybe, or it could have been just been like, a, I thought that it was going to be a regular birth. You told me right. I was just giving a birth to a regular baby. Or then I would live and
0: I would be, you know, part of this, but right. Just using her.
1: And there are shots of her kind of flailing around and screaming intercut with really quick, but effective shots of what seems to be, her insides just like getting ripped up. Yeah. It's really upsetting (laughs) in a great way. Yeah. And it basically this Sarah monster rips its way out of her and becomes enormous immediately.
0: It becomes enormous immediately, but has like a baby head and face and makes like horrific baby cries.
1: But it also has like Cthulhu, like like tentacle things coming out of its mouth. Yes. Also which man, just tentacle mouth. Come on freaky but it starts um, killing cultists in the room which is funny it, like just straight up head smashes one of them like a melon <laughs> yes so can um, t- you talk about the sarah creature
0: yeah so i when i this made me want to play bloodborne very badly um as i as i oh yeah you. um mm-hmm. just because the creature designed in the lovecraftian elements um but this made me think of like this is what mergo would look like if mergo could be seen don't you think oh yeah
1: i that so, i like that
0: It's this, like, it's on four legs. It's this hideous, like, hybrid baby skull creature with tentacles. And it seemingly um, moves on all fours,
1: right? Yeah, that or it's dragging itself, kind of. But, yeah, it's huge. It it does seem like it's got four legs.
0: Um, Yeah, and like we've been talking about, its mouth gets blown away by a shotgun. Like, people specifically aim at its head and face. Yep. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't slow it down because a bunch of tentacles come out um, and impale bad dad,
1: bad dad. It is so gross. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that, you know, kind of bad dad realizes he's gone and he's kind of like indicates you got to do something. And that's, that implies to sad son, Simon, that uh, it's time to set the Sarah monster on fire. Yeah. Yeah. So but he does
0: that they've gotten from the police cruiser.
1: Yeah. And Powell, he cuts back to Powell and he's still monologuing about astral planes and God knows what. I can, you would you think know he would how he's, he's he's Cthulhuing. More.
0: Yeah, he's he's Cthulhuing big time. But you would think he would care more about the fact that like this whole purpose was to revive his daughter, and she's in the next room being murdered, and he neither seems to notice nor care.
1: It it's another nitpick that again it doesn't really make any fucking sense, but I don't care.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean the the uh, the one way you could explain it is he's so whatever is on the other side of the void was using powell to open this gateway maybe for whatever reason and much like powell was using maggie to get sarah whatever is on the other side of the void was using the promise of his daughter back to to open this gate
1: maybe yeah and and one of the things that i it's never really clear um so daniel attacks powell with an axe he hits him it has no effect And Powell says kind of like, Daniel, I can give you Allison back to you. She's waiting for you. And all you have to do is let go and you can be with her. Uh, He refuses and he tackles Powell through the white opening and into the void. Yeah. I thought Powell wanted to be in there this whole time.
0: (laughs) I know, right? No, I think Powell's goal was whatever is on the other side of the void is older than time and older than death. So I think he wanted to bring the void into our world to end death that's what i think he wanted but instead he gets thrown in there it gets closed off
1: so the void is once again sealed okay i read it well all right that's fine yeah and so anyway so it cuts back to the sarah creature chasing sad son as he's running to escape the basement and the walls start closing in um i wrote like how and why in the outline but you're right it's it's a I, it's a re- kind of a rhetorical question. It's,
0: a, it's an impossible space.
1: It's an impossible space, and and the the hospital is in itself alive and it is dying. So the walls start closing. Uh, the Sarah monster is crushed as Sarah, uh, Sarah, Sarah monster is crushed, emotionally <laughs> and physically. As sad son narrowly escapes, um, he's teleported back to the regular hospital. All of a sudden, he finds Kim who was hiding. And I don't know. I maybe didn't mention did we either one of us mention how when kim uh when maggie it kills um ben or grandfather that a bunch of cultists show up and and kim runs from all of them and they like, they,
0: leave, yeah they kind of leave her alone she kind of just do. herself in a closet um i don't know why maybe because they're like well we don't need her she's kind of pointless to all this
1: yeah and but but it has that a couple of those shots that you really like and I really like too. But the cult is standing in like bathed in like the red and and blue light yeah. of of the yeah. you know of the hospital like emergency lights and such. So, so yeah, sad son finds Cam. They leave the hospital together, and then the last shot we see Daniel and Allison in this very like and we you saw this briefly in visions of Daniels before. Um, this like dark cloud, dark rocky otherworld holding hands and this like. They're beneath this gigantic dark pyramid. And then the movie ends. Credits. Credits. Yeah. Yep.
0: That was the void.
1: <clears throat> that was the void. So We did, uh, not, did not avoid the void. We did not. There's a void joke in there somewhere, but well, most people won't get it. Uh, so what works for you?
0: Um, I'm going to say the practical effects, obviously, like we've been talking about. Um, I'm going to say the score uh, is understated, but unsettling. Absolutely um i'm gonna say dr powell absolutely works i'm gonna say most of the acting in your works uh i, I you know i think it, the range goes from good to great with powell being great i don't think there's a bad performance to be
1: seen or even really a bad mind reading um yeah uh, there's some like, bad perf- i feel like the performance are performances are like bad but not in like a like bad like bad movie bad they're like not super it's not super great acting but it works really well for the movie but it's yeah. like dr pop pa- but dr powell was like that guy's good yeah he is good
0: um yeah practical effects um love the cult any anything with the cult the lovecraftian elements um yeah just a lot of the stuff we've been talking about what works for you
1: pretty much everything yeah like that we were saying i mean the music the practical effects the lovecraftianness of the, of it um relatively or very unknown actors and some of them are just really good um and uh, another comparison to the thing, and you kind of touched on this. Much like the thing, there really isn't a single wasted moment. Like we mentioned, like there's the the bickering is a little annoying, and I, I guess you, if you were going to really nitpick, I could, you could argue that the and this will kind of go into what doesn't work is like the sad son, bad dad, family drama. I don't really think is necessary at all. They kind of already have a purpose, and it you don't need to. I don't really need to feel anything for them, even if even if sad son does get away.
0: Yeah. Part of like the bickering scene and the bad dad, sad son stuff. It almost felt like the filmmakers felt compelled to make this movie 90 minutes. Yeah. Where honestly, you could cut that. I would be fine if this movie was 75 minutes. Agreed. That would it would be fine with me.
1: Yep, and I think you could you could do that, and it would be a, yeah a leaner movie would 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 work. And and so what what doesn't work we kind of touched on all of it. Some of the nitpicky things, um, I don't think that like it's not that the movie doesn't do enough with the lore and premise, but maybe 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 it, may, it almost does too much. Like I mean, like you mentioned, well, the visions that like sad son and bad dad are having and such. Like, I don't know if I need it. I don't know if it really services things in a, in a way that expand my intrigue about what the void offers and what it can do and what these powers can do. I don't think to find that very, a very interesting or cool power. I, I want more about disgusting creatures.
0: Yeah. I want more disgusting creatures. I also, I think we get plenty of Dr. Powell's motivation But I would like more of the cult's motivation. Like Dr. Powell specifically wants to bring his daughter back, but what does the cult want? They want the void, but why do they want the void? Yeah. Presumably his reason as well, but I could have used a little, like a touch more, or even just more about the rituals. Just give me a disgusting, creepy cult ritual. We hear that rituals occurred, but like give me one. Talk about one.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's all I have. Yeah.
0: Um, so if this uh, was a video game, what are you imagining? How would it work? What What
1: are you thinking? I couldn't even try to to think outside the box because I think this would just be so damn good as a survival horror movie. I, yeah, I, I tried
0: and I, I gave up.
1: Like you could play as James, the James equivalent or Daniel. And it, I don't even think the hospital has to be occupied initially at all. You don't even need the rest of the cast. But if you can, you can, you can stumble on a, like a huger, you know, video game size, huge empty hospital encounter, like the few remaining staff who are hiding from the creatures roaming the halls or something like that. You could kind of enter this in the middle of things and make your, eventually make your way to the basement. And because of the kind of impossible space nature, I mean, that could be huge, not so big where you kind of lose your perspective and it kind of gets oversaturated, but you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I was picturing this as a survival horror game. Only I was kind of thinking that this would be the last level, and that the game would follow Bad Dad and Sad Son as they hunted down the cult. Um, so the monsters they faced previously—you know—how do they know to burn the bodies? They've seen these monsters before. So what was that like? What was kind of their hunt like? What other spaces did the cult occupy? That's yeah. where we could kind of get more backstory about the cult. But and then have this be kind of the standout last, maybe chunk of the game or last level of the
1: game did you play dusk did you ever play it i forgot i did play dusk yeah yeah it's very dusk like is what i'm kind of yeah. picturing yeah um
0: love dusk i think actually now that you mentioned that i'm gonna replay dusk because it's october
1: i think i should too maybe we should just do yeah. it for this I, show yeah,
0: yeah it's, it's spooky enough
1: spoiler alert we were trying to come up with a video game to play for halloween but video games are hard to replay as we mentioned in past episodes um like i think dusk it's 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 tough to do video games sometimes for this show with busy yeah. lives and such but maybe we'll do dusk yeah I could, I could i actually it's funny funny you say this i actually never beat dusk um i got to the second to last level and did you did you beat it i don't actually
0: even know if i did beat it i don't so think the, i did
1: the second to last level there is like a way there are two ways to beat the level there's like a way where you just walk right to the exit and beat it. And there's another one where you have to fight waves and waves and waves of enemies. And I wasn't. I it's really hard to be the waves and waves of enemies. And I got pissed and I just never went back and beat it. But that's not to say it isn't good because it is very good. It's a very good game. So
0: Um, I would want to live in this world.
1: Of course you fucking would. I knew
0: I would. I knew you were going to say that. Hear me out, um, because anytime that there are like true otherworldly presences operating, I want to be there. I want to like this is a world in which there is a void. There are Cthulhu like beings. There is a god. There is this cosmology of otherworldly beings. Sign me up. I want to be there for it.
1: I'd rather there be nothing after death, <laughs> if then, than this. <laughs> oh God, really? Yeah. It's, I don't want to live in a world where like a, a cult could be doing shit like this. I, I no no. Yeah, but you. what if?
0: Okay, do you think this takes place in the same universe as hereditary? No, I'm gonna say yes.
1: Well, then what's your fan fiction?
0: <laughs> I you know what? I think we just I think we just hit it.
1: Yeah, I we it, so the the idea of a Spider-Man crossover. So we got that we should Um, mention though that we looked for fan fiction
0: of this specifically this movie we could not
1: find yeah could not find any which in a way was a relief because i'd rather read i'd rather come up with our own than read some half-baked fan fiction yeah um you know i'm gonna go
0: with a shared mine is i'm gonna be a shared multiverse hereditary midsummer this movie remember way back in the hereditary episode where we found fan fiction where it was like An X Files team up of Danny from Midsummer and (laughs) (laughs) we have them investigating the void. I want that to be my fan fiction.
1: I like it. Yeah, but go on. What was yours? So, I I, it's not fully baked. I guess you know. I I guess I would like to know what another fat like division of this cult is doing somewhere else in the world. Just give me a similar story somewhere else and i it sounds it sounds like it's it's, i didn't put a lot of thought into it but i think that would work really i think that would work really well like a a sequel to this movie basically that's just like oh yeah here's what was going on maybe at the same time maybe there's like a coordinated effort multiple places throughout the world
0: yeah or even uh like a prequel following james like what happened to james what did james see that'd be great yeah Yep. I think, I think this world warrants fan fiction. Like you said, I think there's enough unanswered questions where, and too, if it's, you know, Lovecraftian, like that's all in the public domain. You could definitely weave in other Lovecraftian stories to connect to this one. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So what have you been doing this week?
0: Or actually the last several weeks, because it's been a while.
1: I've been doing a lot, with the exception of... I've been doing makeup ground, even though I was uh, traveling uh, in, in the UK for a while. Uh, so, since we last recorded, I did quite a bit, I think. I Give think me the Before we last recorded. Did I, did I mention... And I don't think I mentioned in our last episode. I, I saw Barbarian, which is... Oh, boy. Yeah. Excellent. You, you meant,
0: yes, you mentioned...
1: I rewatched X, which I liked. I still like it. I think Barbarian is better. Uh, Barbarian is just incredible. I can't, I can't talk about it enough. I watched the low budget uh, slasher Terrifier. I don't know if you've seen like ads for Terrifier, Terrifier Two, and such. Terrifier um, Two, I've seen. Terrifier lot. Two is getting like a lot of traction of being like one of the most like upsettingly violent movies in recent memory and how people are like puking and passing out in the movie theater. Um I will say that Terrifier has a lot of like cool things about it, but I think overall it's not it's it's average. Um the the killer clown in it, Art the clown is like kind of like a mime. He doesn't make noise, which I think is actually pretty terrifying and I think the 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 character itself looks very creepy and there's one very awesome kill in Terrifier, but the rest of it doesn't really work for me. Gotcha. But uh, I I did, there was a, there was a, like a 30 second clip or so, like a minute clip, maybe even less than a minute on Twitter that someone took in the theater to Terrifier 2 during one of the craziest kill sequences in the movie. I was deeply upset by it. I don't know if I want to watch Terrifier 2. I think I have my limits. Okay, fair um, enough. But I'll run through some others really quick. So I finished She-Hulk, <laughs> 30 at law. <laughs> oh, nice uh i think that well it does some things that i liked but mostly i think it does things i don't like i rewatched sinister uh which is oh, okay i yes. like that movie quite a bit i, I think, and th-
0: uh, i think i have a malignant rewatching me <clears throat> i
1: i was thinking the same thing actually i was just, I, but i might prioritize a couple things over it just because i already watched malignant this year ah but I saw two. So I rewatched the thing I mentioned that I rewatched, or I, t- I watched two new movies. Um, both I'll mention them very briefly. I saw Tar, which okay. it is a Cape Blanchett movie. If you have have you heard of it already? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, just really quick. I, I thought Tar was like absolutely captivating. I, I not not like my absolute favorite of, of the year, but it was I think it's going to end up being like one of my top ten favorite movies of the year. Um, okay. Very good. I was very surprised at how abs- absolutely captivated I was by it. And I saw Triangle of Sadness, which won Best Picture at Cannes Film Festival. It is a very um, obtuse but funny uh, sa- send up of the one percent. Oh, okay. And it's some—it's on the nose to a fault, I guess. It sometimes, but it is—it's pretty funny. Uh, I, I would recommend it. Um, it's in theaters now. I don't know when it's coming to streaming, but how would you
0: compare its vibe to something like don't look up, which I think is the same way it's uh, don't look up is good, but
1: very, a little bit too much on the nose. sometimes. Uh, it's it's way better than don't look up. I, I I was very disappointed with don't look up. I thought it was okay. And that was below. Okay. So I guess All that, right. I, that I, I would, I think you would probably like triangle of sadness more.
0: Yeah. I could see
1: that if I, if I had to guess, but that's movies, video games. I I I think I've hit a wall with my Stardew Valley addiction. I tried to, so I stopped. I I've come out of retirement. My brother brought me out of retirement from yes. platinuming from soft games. I thought I was never gonna platinum Dark Souls 3 because I it's I think it's definitely the most difficult and time consuming to do, but I decided I'm gonna do it. So I'm doing that
0: that sounds both fun and exhausting
1: and uh my uh my TV update is just that i am still watching one piece and i am uh, a couple episodes into whole cake island
0: you finished dress Rosa i did yeah um what did you think about the the wire cage
1: crushing the city very cool right very good ticking clock very cool um i mean ticking clock that lasts Probably about 20 episodes too long, but True. still good. Um Dressrosa was great. It's still, I still think I would put Marineford and Enos Lobby ahead of it.
0: Oh, of course. But do you now understand what I mean when I compared it to Alabasta?
1: It's yes. just both stories about
0: like a whole kingdom and um... Com- completely the same thing.
1: Yeah. 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 I liked it more than Alabasta, but Yeah, me too. Um, but whole cake island has a lot of promise Uh, i i slowed down a lot with my one piece watching after i finished dress rosa i just kind of really 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 slowly made my way through the zoo arc which i ended up liking it more than i thought i would and i ended up binging most of it on my plane back from london so but yeah good stuff all around how about you Um,
0: I also have been traveling. I had some guests in town for a couple of weeks. So I went to Lake Atitlan, uh, which you should all Google. Um, Probably one of the most beautiful places on the planet. I recommend everyone go there. Um, And we moved to the capital. Um, So all of that in quick succession um, was very tiring, very time consuming. But now finally settled back into our new place, Um, working from home, loving it, um, getting back into the swing of things. While I was on vacation, I uh, dove back into Pokemon, um, Pokemon Shield, just in preparation of Pokemon Violet and Scarlet coming out. want to scratch that Pokemon itch. Um, I downloaded Hollow Knight, which I had had on PlayStation 4, um, which I got for free. I've been playing that on my Switch OLED. Uh, I finally got my Switch OLED, which is nice. It's wonderful. It is wonderful. And it makes games, like, especially when you're playing in the dark, like in bed, absolutely pop. Just yes. like rich saturated color big screen like i am thrilled that i have my OLED. i love it yep did i tell you i immediately cracked the screen when i got it
1: no oh no i uh
0: i was putting the the screen protector on the one that's like kind of like tempered glass and like a really nice screen protector you know yep. i've got and that. It was, yeah it was like really the screen was clean it was wiped down i was ready to go i had the you know where you're holding it by the um like the little like plastic tabs on the side before you put Mm -hmm. it on. The plastic slab tip or plastic tabs slipped and the tempered glass uh, screen protector fell on the screen at an angle and chipped the exact middle of the screen. What? Yeah. Um, It's that that, heavy? It is, it was that heavy. It was devastating to me, but uh, it's a teeny tiny chip. And when I'm actually playing games, you you can't see it. It's only when the screen is completely white that it stands out and drives me insane. i'm like i'm not getting any switch OLED. damn man
1: i'm sorry to hear that did you get the white one or did you get the colored one the white one i did too i i I like a nice sleek white console nowadays yeah and
0: now that it's up uh, on my uh you know tv stand it's right next to the playstation 4 which is black so it's nice and black and white um motif going on there but um also uh speaking of playstation 4 I had friends come from out of town bring me games. I started playing Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. Oh yeah, which I only started playing because I kind of wanted a Souls-like, but actually having played Final Fantasy One earlier this summer uh, on my laptop and beating that, there are a ton of Final, which obviously because it's a retelling of Final Fantasy One. but I'm just so pleasantly surprised that all the Final Fantasy One plot and other callbacks and I think some of the reviews of the game being like, well, the plot's ridiculous and silly. It is ridiculous and silly. Yeah. But I think part of the reason it's ridiculous and silly is because it's purposely calling back plot points for Final Fantasy One, like, oh, go clear out this den of pirates. And yes, you fight a ridiculous pirate wearing a pirate cap, wearing a pirate hat and saying Yarg. But that's from Final Fantasy One. Um, so I, I'm I'm kind of okay with it. And then um <clears throat> What else, oh, Overwatch 2. Overwatch 2 finally came out, so I have been
1: um, playing a is lot it, of that. Is it's it great. good? I've heard like people are really pissed off about it.
0: Uh, it's basically Overwatch 1, um, but they changed the team size from six to five, um, which I really like. Um, I think people are upset at that. They also changed the team composition a little bit, which I can understand people being enraged by. Um, But I think it makes the game work better. um, And I think it's a more fun per minute uh, time proposition than it used to be. Like when I play Overwatch matches now with only five people, it kind of forces your team to coalesce and work together. Whereas before when it was 6v6, uh, you had people like splintering off into groups of 3v3. It it just, it, it felt like teams were less cohesive, whereas now it forces you to play as a team, which I greatly like. Nice. And uh yeah, that's what I've been up to.
1: Nice. Um okay. The we don't rant. know what we're doing next week. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to get it in there. <laughs> uh oh. every
0: episode. <laughs> we're just gonna start saying the I think that, I think yeah. that we
1: should be doing it that way. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, yeah. Oh, what I was going to say. I'm, uh, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go, wanna, I'm gonna pl- go. go what? ahead. I'm going to plug myself. I need to plug something I'm doing. Yeah. Go for it. I'm going to plug my, uh, I'm going to plug my friend's podcast too. three, three friends of mine have a, have a podcast called another film pop P O B C A S S. Um, I'm very biased because I like these people a lot, uh, but I think the pod- the podcast is very great, uh, objectively. Um, and it's different enough from ours when they talk about movies, they only talk about movies, where I think that you could like listen to an episode of them doing a movie that we did, which they actually I don't think we've ever done any of the same shit yet. Um, we probably will at some point where you can get completely different perspectives, both sides. But I'm going to be on their podcast that's going to come out in about a week um, to talk about The Shining. And so... <sighs> I'm very excited to do that, and it made me really want to do it for this episode. And that's one of the reasons I bring up the fact that, like, I could talk about The Shining with them, and still have a whole lot of completely different things to talk about The Shining with you. The Shining so, would be a very
0: spicy meatball to do. Oh yeah, with. yeah. And
1: so I would very much like to do that at some point. If not, I mean, yeah, that's one of those movies we don't need to do for Halloween. We just do it whenever. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. But we, we, I think we've got at least one other movie planned, uh, mm-hmm. Halloween themed. Um, I won't spoil what it is, but I will tell you that is a movie that I I think not many people would think that we would do for a Halloween episode. Um, Not because it's not a horror movie. It's a straight up horror movie. But like I I listened to a podcast that absolutely championed the movie in a way that I've never heard before. And I don't want to I I, I almost wish I hadn't heard it because I don't want to like have it subliminally affect me and like me just regurgitate it without realizing it to you. But I'll just say, like, th- someone really came out defending uh, the movie we're going to do. Um, it's basically not looked at favorably compared to similar movies to it. I'm being very vague. It's probably annoying. But anyway, I'm looking forward to doing a movie. And your suggestion, uh, not one I would have thought to do. I'm always one to jump to do certain kinds, um, but I'm glad you suggested it. And I think we're going to do it probably for next episode or the one after that.
0: Yeah, um, I'm excited to do it. I think it'll be. I yeah we'll talk about it later. I don't want to give anything away, but um, I'm I'm excited to talk about it. Um, but you know, right now I'm gonna go eat some Taco Bell and play Dusk.
1: Oh, oh man, have fun! Because I, in yeah. the
0: capital, you know they have all the same fast food here, and we moved like a block away from a Taco Bell, which is dangerous.
1: Oh, that's super dangerous. But I, I I'm I'm similarly uh, I'm similarly situated. There's a ta- cantina Taco Bell near me. Uh, I'm gonna eat dinner and uh, play Dark Souls Three. All right. Well, so good luck, uh, good luck to you as well, um, and and also the gr- the, the, the Grinch. The Grinch.